0: Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host Rich Polly, and uh, I'm still seventy five percent of the way through learning Rubik's cubes because algorithms are hard, uh, but I've just put two blood bowl teams away in a fit of newly refreshed enthusiasm for x wing um and I'm being joined today by Ben Hibbert. Hello there. still unpacking boxes, Ben.
1: Yes, it's really frustrating because I was demoing some x wing on Sunday at element, and all the stuff I needed I can see. But to get to it, I have to go through 10 tons of boxes, so I decided (laughs) to use what was ever was in my bag. (laughs) So so you introduced some new players to X-Wing with absolute degenerate imperial filth? No, I just got a load of ships out and just went, choose a ship you like and we'll use that one. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. That works. (laughs) And also
0: joining us today is um, the Jolly Green Giant. Jolly today, maybe? Question mark. Liam Baker?
2: Never Jolly. Always Giant. Nevergreen,
0: and disappointingly small. And people meet you for the first time because we build
1: you up as being like some kind of six foot eight gargantuan, but you're actually, you know, above average height, but not freakishly no, so. His body's massive. It's just that his head's so small. He's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody believes I'm as tall as I actually am. When when I got to Worlds, people were like Liam,
2: you're you're a lot bigger than we thought you were because these people are like five foot six, five foot eight,
1: and it's I'm just head, looking man, I'm at telling you, him, your but, head. You just see your profile picture of your head and you it makes you look smaller than you are in real life. So Connor
0: Holmes thought that I was very short when he saw like pictures of me and was chatting to me online and you know, listening to the podcast and stuff. And then when he came to was it Sith Taker Open, must have been, where uh, or somewhere else where I first met him, and he was like you're freakishly tall. So now he refers to me as a giant hobbit. And I'm like, I'm only 5'11, mate. I'm not, I'm not that big. <laughs> but um, Apparently, I'm the world's biggest hobbit. So there you go. Liam, I've just realized that if your head was in proportion to the rest of your body, you'd be about six foot nine. But as it oh, is, I'm, you're only six foot two. I'd be a bloody Funko Pop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Would you come right with in. a grown
0: toaster? No, I'd be a bobblehead. Would you be one of the ones that get his head cut open on Instagram because there's apparently something precious in it so everybody goes and cuts open all their Funko pops and there's nothing inside them well, My kid watches that rubbish as well
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised there's people out there who fall for that <laughs> Of course there are well, There's <laughs> people out there, like, they go Oh yeah, if you uh, screw up some foil and put it in the microwave for 10 minutes it comes out as a perfectly smooth ball <laughs> and people do this and their houses
0: blow up <laughs> <laughs> oh no um right um we've got some x-wing stuff to talk about um after a, a couple of weeks of negative nelly and, and, and i'm genuinely starting to come back out of it again and i think it's a cycle that i go through about once every 12 or 18 months where i just get a bit down in the dumps about stuff so apologies that um listeners had to listen to me coping with it live online but at least i didn't have a full mental
1: breakdown so that's good um She's- as far as as far as upsides go. <laughs> I'd <laughs> um, love to see you going like a full raging bender. Oh, it's been You're a while. It's usually someday. so held together and <laughs> control. Love to see you just go mental. Oh, it's been a while. It's it did it
0: did used to happen quite a lot more, but it doesn't anymore. Um Why don't you, know, you but, drink as me at the STO, Rich? Because I'll I'll remember the phrase, you know you don't have to say yes where you won't remember the phrase, you know, you don't have to say yes when somebody says, do you want another pint? You can say, no, I'm all right. You no,
2: it just to... seems rude to turn it down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have but, to be this year. I can't, I can't be doing things the day after hanging out my backside like I usually am.
0: <laughs> so important thing, important thing to get done, first of all, is congratulations to Connor, who we've just mentioned, Connor Holmes from the Tonton Squadron. Uh, former guest, vice-captain of Team Ireland, who has successfully, about nine months ago, banged his wife. And (laughs) since then, she's been... (laughs) I did not expect you to go down that way. (laughs) Since then, she's been gestating a a beautiful baby boy who he's called Jamie, named after his favourite character from Game of Thrones um, because he's a geek, but he's not that much of a one, so we can get away with it. Um just been interrupted by a ten year old I hope we he didn't hear too much of that um so, um, <laughs> so uh yeah congratulations to Connor congratulations to how
1: he was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to Connor and kate on the on the birth of jamie like yesterday literally yesterday at the time of recording so um I've seen pictures it is a very cute baby boy um if you like babies that is if you don't it just looks like a baby, like Winston you
2: Churchill a little bit.
1: Hole, you keep digging that hole.
0: <laughs> they, they all look like potatoes.
2: Is that why yeah, you Liam? I don't want them. <laughs> I'd eat it by accident. <laughs> but I think it, the, the maths works out that he enjoyed his Valentine's Day quite a bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and interestingly enough, um, and parents in this case will either go, oh, that makes it easier, or ooh. Um, born on the same day as his first so it's gonna be such a nightmare yeah six years apart they share a birthday so absolutely bonkers. it's
1: super cool and it's like yeah. something really fun to talk about when you're older but those kids are going to get so frustrated when we're going to share that day
0: yeah but but i don't want to go to soft play i'm 14 he's eight he wants to go to soft play i want to go and play football with my friends he can't come and play football he's rubbish he's only eight he's and so on. yeah and so although it'll be rugby and Connor's so suspect that don't, don't don't think they believe in football um in that part of Belfast. Um so um all right, so yeah, congratulations Connor, congratulations Kate, and um welcome to the world, Jamie. It's uh, gonna be good to have a new captain of Team Ireland in about twenty something years. Um, well
1: welcome to the world,
0: mate. Sometime we're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually that said, um, Gary Colton, another member of Team Ireland had a baby about three weeks ago. So um later gonna lead into something we'll be talking about when we talk about the XTC later on. Um but we'll 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 park that one for now. Um so we're gonna talk about um one event um so we'll jump into that one um next it's the um Polish World's Open Qualifier. So um this is an event um which is kind of the official AMG run thing. Um so they've run um I think five rounds of Swiss with like a lot of players. There's like fifty seven players who've played out like, five rounds of Swiss. Um so it's basically the whole Polish community plus a few people from kind of the surrounding areas um have turned up to this. I think the only person who didn't play actually was Bartosz. I think he was T O in it. Um quite possibly. Oh no so it's not got
1: an invite though. Hasn't he, as and well?
0: he's or he yeah, he's already got a yeah, he's already got an invite so you know he doesn't need to go and, and Try and pinch it from somebody else. He's got the stuff because he won the UK one. Um, So um, congratulations to, drumroll please, our winner, um, Oscar Ice. Um, Oh, I didn't do the drumroll in time. Nah, never mind. Um, So Oscar's um, somebody that I'm aware of his name from around and about um, online play. Um, I think he's in the Polish XTC team this year as well. Um, so he's a he's a very very strong player. Um, he's won the event with um. Uh, I'm going to say Rebel Meta. Um, he's got uh, a selection of ships that will not be unfamiliar. So he's got Han Solo with engine upgrade, not trick shot. He's got Battle of Yavin Luke. He's got Wedge with marksmanship and trick shot. Um, he's got Keo Venzi with a proton rocket, and he's got Sabine with Beskar. So, uh, no lone wolf in the list. Kind of um it's one of the sets of upgrade choices that you can make with that five-ship build um, so um, well done to Oscar um, I don't even know if that's his real name but well done to him anyway but well, it is now it is now um, an interesting point to note is that the player who came second Karol Pietrovich um, was flying Separatists so Separatists it appears are not Ruled out of doing well at these events, Um, even though we've kind of been negging on them a little bit, um, them and Scum. uh, This separatist list was uh, Django, Zam, and Dirge, so two fire sprays and a rogue class starfighter. Um, Zam with Lone Wolf for extra mods for those revenge shots, Count Dooku for Force, Um, Seismic Charges, Contraband Cybernetics, and Delayed Fuses. Um, which is nice. I like seismics with delayed fuses because it lets you blow up rocks, hang about next to them for one turn and then fly off the turn after when people try to chase you. Um, and then Django Fett with uh, marksmanship, Savage press for Force, seismic charges, contraband cybernetics, false transponder codes and a Slave one title. So um, really nice kind of early alpha in from this list. Um, with a lot of mods coming in, um, then Dirge has got synced laser cannons um, as a choice over proton cannons, uh, marksmanship, and contraband cybernetics as well as Xanadu blood. So, uh, Liam, you're a resident separatists player. How does this one tickle you? Uh, I
2: like it's clearly a good list. Uh, I personally struggle with three ship lists in this iteration of the game. But it is two fire sprays. They count as two on Assault. Uh, I think the only one it'll probably struggle with is Salvage. But you do also have your crit modifications, which means your opponent doesn't have a great time in Salvage as well. Uh, It is weird seeing it without veteran tailgaters. But obviously Zam does get her ability double tap. It'd just be nice to see it on Django as well. Uh, but it just seems solid. I mean, none of those ships are easy to kill
0: yeah so um, I'm just looking through to see what um what um
1: uh, scenario go um, um, lost veteran tail gonna it it, it don't always oh, it's not it's not as good as the Vitura version, is it? And if you remember in the past, we didn't really see it as often. It's just now that it's usually, it fits points-wise, so you might as well take it.
0: I mean, it's gone up in cost as well. Like, it it was cheap for a bit, but it's bounced back up again. Um, I think it's dropped out of popularity. Um, But particularly, I think, in this list, like, it's tempting to put it on because you think, well, if I can get two shots, I can get two shots. But I think this entire, I think this list wins by not being in the middle. So they want to be skirting around the edges and kiting things and, you know, leveraging intelligent board positions rather than just kind of shoving it in there, if you know what I mean. That's what Connor said. Me. (laughs) Uh, So Oscar lost a single game. It was round one. uh, And it was chance engagement, which he lost... To uh, Takash Ishtvan Maybe Spelling that Pronouncing that right um, And then he had Another single really close game In cut round two So in top four Which he won by 1.1615 Which was a gain chance engagement um, His salvage mission He won 20-10 to 10, um, Against an imperialist But they only played Salvage mission once they played assault on the satellite array tw- three times actually. So they played assault on the satellite array twice in the five rounds of Swiss, and then salvage was the one that they didn't play in cup. So
3: yeah, bit of a bit of a weird one.
0: Um, no, I suppose you're not gonna just say right round five was assault. So that means your three rounds of cut are gonna be the three that. Didn't get played twice yesterday, sort of thing. You take it back to the randoms again. So, yeah, I mean, he's not—he's absolutely smashed a couple of games. Like, you know, he's won a, an assault game twenty to two, um, and another scramble game twenty to seven. So, um, I suspect that the fire sprays with a lot of native modifications with force and stuff have been have been quite happy. But I mean, I've not taken a great look into what the lists were that he um, he was flying against. Um but yeah, um well done to Oscar anyway. Um so second place. uh so that was Carol. Um Oscar won with, with Rebels, Carol came second. Uh, obviously his other loss was the um the final game against Oscar. Um then we had another um like it's not a badly spread top cut, I'm gonna say, but it, it's fairly it's fairly restricted. There was no resistance at all um in, in the top cut. Uh, in the top eight, um, which is a bit of a surprise on normal, uh, like on current events, uh, we've got um, another two rebels, two first order, two imperials. So, no scum, no resistance, no republic um, are the the three unrepresented factions. The um, first order list um, that came third. Um, I mean, you're not going to get any prizes for guessing three out of the six pieces. Saying that it's six pieces probably means that you won't get any prizes for guessing six out of six pieces. Um but it's Whisper Kylo, Midnight, Malarus, Galek, DT seven nine eight and scorch. So all those high value, cheap three dice guns um that you can get from first order. Um and the other first order list that finished in sixth was Kylo Malarus Midnight Le Hughes and Quick Draw. So I mean Not surprised, right? Uh, Not
2: really, no. I mean, it's all about getting a lot of bodies on the table with FO, especially those that sit behind three edge, (laughs) or just getting everything to initiative six and just Mm -hmm. hitting things as much as possible.
3: Yep. Um, Imperials,
0: I mean, you've got Battle of Yavin Vader, three bombers and Palpin a reaper uh, sorry vizier and a reaper carrying pulp um as one of them and then the other one is um rear admiral shirinu with vader as crew with Lareer and the three bombers with Satsalvo and barrage rockets so you've got Lareer with lone wolf and baffle to go off and be your point grabber um and then you've got um an absolute horrible murder block um, interesting to note no Death Troopers, though, taking mini- to a Agile Gunner, Seismic Charges, and Dauntless instead of what I thought was a bit of a staple, to be honest. But I guess Shiranu, if you're not taking Battle of Yavin Vader, you want to spend those points on uh, Vader crew instead,
3: possibly. It looks fairly disgusting to face down that, I'll be honest with you. Hello? About I drop? Oh, okay, good.
0: I'm guessing everybody's gone.
3: You. Got got you. you. Oh, you've got, got, got us.
0: Got you. Okay, it's yeah, just all went really quiet. All of a sudden, I'm guessing that Ben's wandered off. No, I'm here. Oh, okay, just got, nobody, nobody like, has anything just, to say. I was just
1: replying to a message about my child, though.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So nobody's got anything to say about the Imperialist. It's fine. I mean, it's fairly standard. There's a lot of, um, like... Uh, fairly normalized pieces in there. Um so the two Imperialists, one of them is basically the same thing that won the event, um, but it's been made worse by taking Y wings instead of A wings. Um so they've taken Horton Salm with Dorsal Turret oh, and can Plasma can Torpedoes. My boy. I love that ship. It is good, but I don't so they they've taken Holocan, the Battle of Yavon Hall which is the one with the APT that you can double mod when people die, and Horton. And it's almost like you're throwing Horton in to try and say, right, I'm going to do a murder here. Or, you know, if you're going to trade Luke, you're actually way trading up because Horton gets free rerolls with Luke sitting in range one of things. And then Hull's going to boost in and do an APT on things as well. Um, So, like, I just don't believe that Y-Wings are better than three agility ships um, with Force.
1: It always makes me sad with Y-Wings. I really like the ship. Yeah. be just a bit lacklustre. So we can get excited about the other Rebel list,
0: though, because while it does have a Falcon, it doesn't have Han Solo in it. Um, So they've opted to take Lando. So this one finished eighth in the event Um, and lost the first cut game. So sad. But they've um, got Lando Calrissian in a Falcon um, with Perceptive Copilot, on Bistan and the Millennium Falcon title. So... Uh, Basically, Lando is doing what Han's doing, but he's taking a target lock instead of relying on Han's ability for rerolls. Also potentially passing actions out to other people as well. So flying his wingmates, Dutch Vander with Proton Torpedoes. Uh, So that's a, a nice early Doors Alpha strike because here comes the rest of it. Luke Skywalker, Battle of Yavin Standard. Maybe the best five points in the game. And then Gina Moonsong in a B wing with Swarm Tactics and Plasma Torps. So... Everything shoots at five. You've got Plasma Torps, probably double modded, coming out of Gina Moonsong first because she takes a focus and then Dutch hands her a lock. You've got Dutch then firing a proton torpedo, probably double modded because Lando has given Dutch a focus. And then you've got Luke Skywalker firing his own double modded proton torpedoes. And then you've got Lando double tapping. Maybe with a lock, maybe not with his focus, depending on who he's given actions to. He probably gives Dutch the
1: target like it? Bunny because it's a, a later stage, so get a bit yeah. more information.
0: I thought Dutch was initiative four. He is, say. he is, but Gina's got swarm tactics for the sh- for the shots. I'll get back in my box. Yeah, <laughs> so Make it's a it's a it's a rude i five alpha. Like genuinely a rude. Eye I really do the see right?
1: alphas anymore, do we? Like we used to as much.
0: No. Um. He got battered by one of the first order lists in and in the satellite around round one of cut twenty ten. I I don't know how close the game was. I didn't see it. I'm looking at the score. So if you're listening, and it was a really tight game, and there was a big swing in the last turn. I'm sorry, but it was twenty to ten. Um, in kind of a cut game. So that's a, a fair stretch. But you know, looking through it, um. Wow. He didn't. I think he only lost one game going through cuts. So, I mean, it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a of a truism, isn't it? That like if you make an, a a list that's really good at alpha, you'll probably do well in Swiss because a lot of people will just opt into your alpha um, because they don't know how to avoid it, or if you just play the rule of eleven slightly better than them. Um, play the poker game better than them, then you get your alpha off. Um, and then you're ahead in the damage race. They've got less ships all of a sudden. So while you're only starting with four, and Gina Moonsong will die because she's a B-Wing, and um, that means that they're not shooting at Luke, which means that Luke survives to end game where he can be a menace. Um, they're not shooting at Dutch. He can fly off and reload his torpedoes and come back around again. Not shooting sure at Lando, so he's flying around double tapping. You know, So it's, it's one of those ones. I, I quite like it. Again, it's a falcon. Um, is it proof that Bistan is the problem, not Han? Who knows?
1: <laughs> I think it's, it's the Bistan-Perceptive co-pilot combo that's too easy. Yeah. I think that's really more of the problem. So somebody
0: pointed this out, maybe last week or the week before, I can't remember, is it's reminiscent of version 1 um, TLT with um the ghost where basically you had a 360 degree turret um which Han effectively does um because his arc is so wide that you're never really shooting out of back front or whatever like however you you fly the ship um you can pretty much always guarantee yourself shots um and it's so accurate because of his ability. Um, you are almost guaranteed to do one hit to everything that you shoot at and you might do more. And then in end game you can cruise in and hit those big bangers like the Lothal Rebel used to do, used to, you know, cruising around the outside of the board using the TLT for most of the game. And then they finally look like they're about to jump you and you're just too hard to ship in and light them up with a five-dice primary out the front instead. And they were like, Oh, I thought you were gonna three bank again. It's like, I know you did, that's why I did it too hard in and brutalized you. <laughs> um so yeah, it's um it, it's it's fairly reminiscent of that in terms of its accuracy and in terms of the damage that it can do. And I think this Lando version is just the same that we were talking about before. Um, he just does it at I five rather than I six, so it probably feels a little bit more wholesome. Um I mean, you
2: can actually pin down an initiative five as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Because you don't have to rely on Rhodes to try and get out of arc and get a better position. You, If you've got an initiative six, you know you are going to be able to uh, take into account where Lando's is going to be, which is <clears throat> part of the problem with Han. Yeah. Um, so
0: just looking down through... Um... <laughs> The rest of the list, the top finishing Republic list was um, the the Paul Heaver Arcs list, the Three Siege of Coruscant Arcs, Coruscant Annie, in the Etta, and Padmé with Proton Torps. The top finishing scum list was a Five Ship Salad with Fenrau, um, Lee Mackay, Arlis Hadrasium, Cad Bane and Dirge. So actually an interesting combination of scum pieces. Again, reasonably good. Went three two. Um, so you know, not a terrible day. Couple of uh, well one went off making cut basically. Um did he lose the bubble game? Oh yeah, lost the bubble game. Um by one point, rough. Um, so not too far out. Um and the top finishing resistance list was um Oh, an interesting variation. So they've traded a T-70 up to Num. So they've got Num, Jess Pava, and Eloasti. So they've got the two I-5s plus Pava. And then they've got Zori Bliss with Swarm Tactics and Chorus Capellum, who's the Y-Wing who can steal focus tokens or, well, green tokens off things. So you can either Swarm Tactics Chorus up so that he um, yanks tokens at sick, uh, five sorry or you can swamp jess up so she throws out a really um highly modded shot um at five instead of waiting till um i3 so nice bit of variety there i'm surprised we're not seeing more resistance because this seems good we've seen a lot while you've been moving house oh, wow. um that like it's not i think it depends on local meta whether you see a lot of it um and also who's flying it. So like um Don Flanagan has been running it for XTC for Team England. Um he's been using Lulo um over Chorus. So he's been using the oh I can't remember. It's three T seventies, Y-Wing and Lulo. Um and it's the same list that Nick Harris was using for Team Ireland as well. Um a lot of people have done well with that. A lot of people have done well with five T70s, four T70s in a Y-Wing. Um, there's a lot of variety in it and a lot of people that listen to the podcast have won invites with it as well. Um, by, you know, coming second or third and invites rolling down or winning events as well. So um I think I think it's becoming apparent that it's a bit of a coin flip between well-flown resistance players and well-flown hand players, where previously people would say, no, hand's got the upper edge. We've started to see resistance players actually flipping that matchup. Um, because they've got enough health that they can try and pin Han in a corner. And when they pin Han in a corner, they can actually kill him. Um, And then the game just swings because they've got more guns left to deal with what's left of the Han list. So it's interesting. I don't know which I prefer at the moment. My heart says resistance. My brain says just Han.
2: <laughs> I think I think Han's still the better list, uh, but I think from an accessibility point of view, and probably easier to pick up, the resistance is
3: probably uh, the easier list to
2: pick up and just get going with. Yeah, uh, I think in, in general, I think the resistance list is good. Like it's five bodies. There's a lot of hull there. And normally it's something we would have looked at and gone, this really shouldn't fit, but it does. Uh, and that's always a good sign of a list. Uh, but personally, I do
3: think Han has the edge.
0: I think it's so close that it depends on who it is that's actually flying it and how they get on on the day. I think it's a proper coin flip or a a skill. I think it's a skill game. I don't think either list has got um, uh, a a list gap advantage um, in that. Um, That said, it's easier to fly Han badly than it is to fly the resistance list badly. Um, So if you fly hand badly you lose hand you lose the game if you fly hand really well then you don't lose hand you probably win the game and i think that's the decision point is how good are you at flying hand can you can you dodge the arcs of those t70s for long enough um i think i think that's that's the, the question basically so um so yeah anyway that's poland um I, for one, am disappointed because I remember looking down Polish lists from events. It used to be a case of what crazy thing has done really well, and nobody expected it to um so we've all got a bit of a sad face going on um about that. I'm just gonna mention um Oscar actually just sneaked into cut. um he became eight um and by sneaked in I mean he was clear he was clear from the ninth place on on strike of schedule as the as the bottom four one. Um we had a, a, a couple of um, intentional draws. Um so two people who've obviously been four and zero, and then and then taken a draw um to to guarantee the cut place rather than risking the loss and to drop it out. Um King of Swiss was um the Rack Rack three bombers list. Um and second in Swiss was the other um imperial list, so the, the Vader three bombers and vizier list. So um if you're interested in having a look at that, it's on Long Shanks. Um, not on Roll Better. So um, if you search for um Star Wars X-Wing Polish World Open Qualifier or um event one 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 nine three, then you'll be able to find it um and have a have a bit of a look at that one. Um so once again, well done to Oscar Ice for winning that one, and we will see you at Worlds along with everybody else. So that's gonna be a bit of fun, right? Um Next thing to talk about, um, we have had. Um, wife's just messaged me. There's a swingers club opening in Bolton. I'm not sure why she's just messaged me that, but um,
1: <laughs> looks like you're up for some good time.
0: <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was an old dodgy aquarium that's been shut down, and everybody just knows it as this dodgy old place. And now it's turning into a dodgy new place. So um, it's all fine. Behind <laughs> of so,
2: waterworks now, isn't it? <laughs>
0: so we're going oh dear. Um so oh, why did I even mention that? I don't know just repurposed the paddling pool. <laughs> that's not a koi pot it's not a koi pond anymore, it's a hot tub. Um so we're gonna well, <laughs> Okay. So we're gonna just talk there's been something that's been popping up and down on them um, the kind of Facebook groups and places like that recently, which is the, um, uh, like, it's like a a group of um, X-Wing players who've started kind of producing some really cool content um, where that, which they call flight Academy. So um, the guy who's posting them is, is Phil Sherwood. um, And he, him and a bunch of his friends, as far as we can gather, have been playing kind of an alternate format of the game, which a couple of our locals have kind of picked up on and said, Oh, can we have a go at this? And um had a bit of a go of it the other week um a few of the lads and they said, Oh yeah, it's good fun. Um need to do a little bit of um need to do a little bit of like tweaking for your own particular circumstances. Um but we'll try and put some links up to the to the stuff into the podcast um because um it it's genuinely some really nice some uh, I had a, a bit of a watch of a couple of them today. And what they do is they've got a rule for one medium base and one small base, 10 points. Um, And then you basically play chance engagement. Um, And it's on a slightly smaller bit of a a mat. So you play inside range two from the board edges. Um, And how it's been described is it feels like um, the end game of X-Wing That we used to have in version one and that we don't really get anymore where you've got a couple of aces of very similar initiatives kind of duking it out but now it's super interesting because road is a factor so you you are genuinely trying to make those decisions about have i genuinely got an advantage here or is my advantage entirely dependent on me moving first or second um so like yeah, we played a couple of games of it in club. Oh, I was last week, the week before. Um, and it's a really interesting kind of different format. And it does make me wonder about kind of other formats of the game because we've been wedged into kind of 20-point scenarios for so long because that's the competitive play style, that seeing things that are different is always interesting. There is the official AMG small-sided version, which is called Fangs Out? Is that what it's called?
1: Sounds familiar. I've never played it myself.
0: Yeah, it then does I'll sound
3: familiar.
1: I'll see if I can find it. Um, it's called Fangs Out, but
0: I was just wondering if you two have got any any views on that kind of jinky little... Like it, it interests me as something potentially to do on day two of the Sith Taker open next year. A, rather than like a team event doing like a, a small side event that's got like shorter game times, so that you can rattle through more and like do a do a um a mini tournament of something like that so it seems interesting but i think the rules
2: themselves need a tweak to make sure all factions can compete yeah uh for example if you're taking first order and have to take a medium base ship you are taking a z-class shuttle uh, which isn't ideal.
0: I mean, uh, if you're playing Resistance, you can't play because <clears throat> they don't have a medium base ship. Um, you know, so, yeah, you you have to tweak the rules. So, like, the way that we played it at Element was it was just two ships but no large bases. Um, so, you know, you could use two smalls or mm-hmm. three you know you could you can take five tie fighters if you want to it's basically 10 points or no i think we played the rules 10 points two ships but any combination no large bases sort of thing um so yeah anyway back to you Liam uh
2: i mean if you are adapting like that i think that's that's perfectly fine um uh, I, I think i'd put a limit on three ships and kind of see where you can go with that uh, because to even functioning separatists, I think you have to take just take, uh, I think it's Sunfak and Grievous, which isn't awful. Mm-hmm. But just being, if I'm running separatists, I'm running this. If you're just taking two small bases, it seems a bit iffy. And of course it's a fire spray and a vulture or something, which again, isn't great. Uh, but like, it's a great idea and it's probably really good to help people get, gist of the game and how things work and then you can slowly implement things like for example more scenarios add a few points move them up to 14 points each Mm -hmm. Uh, and it'll probably give people a nice indication of what upgrades they should be running on certain ships because it's done in a vacuum rather than in the grand scale and things going wrong you've got more opportunity to get your independent loadout for a ship correct
0: yeah Okay, so I just while looking for this, by the way, I've looked at um, the AMG tournament rules reference. What is the official name for a formal premier level X Wing event? It's got a it's got a name. So Fangs Out is a is a small side one with a shorter rule uh, uh, run timer, but what is the full version of the game called when you play it competitively.
3: Anti fun. <laughs> it's it's called Hotshot. The Hotshot event.
0: So there you go. Things that you didn't know you didn't know until you find them out. Um yeah, so um yeah Fangs Out is a sixty minute um version um I can't find how many um, points it is just off the top of my head, but I do recall it as being a smaller number. Um, But it's 60 minutes plus
3: or minus some time. Um,
0: No, it's not in that one. Um, But, yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, So I recommend you all go and have a quick look at – Kind of Flight Academy. Um, if you look on the UK Ireland um Facebook page, you'll see um Phil's been posting the links for a while. I think they're in season five, game sixteen now, um was the last one that they posted just um today or yesterday at time of recording. I think this morning actually at time of recording. So um it looks like there's a, a fairly large play group of people because there's a lot of different names kind of scrolling up. Um, you know, banging through games with with the format. They've obviously decided that they're gonna play you know, Imperial, Rebels, and Scum, because um, I'm not spotting any uh, First Order um, pe- efforts. Um, it's all kind of Imperials, Rebels, and Scum, but it, it looks really good. Um, so I'm enjoying uh, watching them, and I'll continue to watch through them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those interesting things that you can just look at different formats. Like if you're finding the games a little bit, um, like you're kind of in the, the funk that I was in for a little while, um, you can actually just do what you want because other people don't control your fun. And if you can find people to play, you know, the droids you're looking for, droid football or the Children of Mandalore scenario or the trench runs or the Siege of Coruscant thing that I've never played. Um, But, you know, just give it a blast because ultimately you're still shoving ships around the board and you're still rolling dice and you're not trying to play in a hyper-competitive format. So, you know, if you're finding the meta is stale... It reminds me of the Shuttle Titerium podcast from back in the days. There's there's a name for for you. Some <laughs> long term listeners might go, "Oh, I remember them. They did um, but, excellent alt arts, didn't they? Yeah, and they only did casual, um, off. Uh, they they hated, or well, I don't know if they hated. They didn't do hyper competitive content. Everything that they did was about alternate formats and heroes of the Atari cluster and. You know, they talked about all this weird, janky stuff that they used to get up to, and they had a great time, and loads of people loved the events. But it was very much kind of the the counterpoint to the the, the like the highly competitive scene of X Wing that people t- are kind of not trapped in at the minute. But like, it's the the cycle that we get into as competitive players is you forget that you're allowed to have fun doing other stuff as well. You know,
2: I think there was a another group of guys that did that based in Canada, which was like I think it's the prototype toronto league yeah where you were only allowed to use one pilot for one game Mm -hmm. so when she'd used him you you weren't allowed to use him in a future game or anything which was pretty cool i used to watch
0: quite a lot of that to be fair yeah they had a lot of there was draft like at the start of the season they picked a number of pilots and then yeah as you say they were locked into how many of those they could use for a given period of time so yeah it's interesting yeah, all those alternate formats are really cool. Um, it's a bit like, I think, why Team X-Wing flies so well. Um, he says, starting the segue to the next bit of content. Um, but it's why Team X-Wing works so well, because it's while it's the game that we all recognize and we all know and love, it is still a different format. So, yeah. Because, um, you know, you're not just dependent on yourself, you're dependent on, on all of your chums. Um, so, XTC. So, um, at time of recording, we've just had um, the the big the big news of the day, which everybody who cares will know about by the time this comes out. Um, so, we'll do a quick we'll do a quick run through. Um, we'll start with uh, with Liam. Team Pirates last week were on the on the bubble, on the cusp of maybe being able to progress based on other events going your way. How did it finish?
2: Uh, I, I don't know we finished in the last round, but we were out. We couldn't physically qualify, even if we'd have got the fourth win. Uh, which sucks, to be fair, but it is what it is. So you needed France to beat Canada. Or Canada, was 5-0, and we had to 5-0 the other way. But it, it looks like we uh, 3-2'd against Norway. So we finished four and one, but still don't make it through. But yeah, we needed results to go a different way. Yeah, which is always a difficult situation to be in, and it does feel bad, you know, getting a a good record in groups and still not making it through. But that's the problem with being an unseeded team. Yeah, yeah, because three teams in that group went four and one.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the um the the breakdown of some of the groups being six six team groups another one's been five team groups it was a lot easier to progress out of a five team group than it was out of a, a six team group um so like in yours you beat canada canada beat france um and then france beat us france beat you uh but the number of game wins across the other rounds was what swung it um so canada and france have progressed right yep okay um Tim, do you want to come off of mute and tell us about Team England's trials and tribulations?
4: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we survived a, a late scare where Brazil beat Australia, which meant that we had to win against Hungary. But um, I think we ended up winning 4-1. Um, so that was all fine. So, yeah, we've uh, made it through to the finals. <laughs> you weren't sweating at all were you tim no this is it like it's, it's, it's always terrible when in the group stage because you play your games over a week so i was first to play and end up losing my game uh so yeah it was a bit bit sweaty um but yeah uh needless to say the uh the team pulled round, and uh yeah happy days and uh now i get to lock myself away for a full weekend to play nine games <laughs> uh sat my computer
0: yeah um speaking of which so um in in group b um we qualified ireland came second i should say so uh, first of all congratulations to scotland um, colombia having qualified um possibly took the foot off the gas um or possibly not um i think we had a quite a strong group um but less um, ostensibly so um Scotland beat Colombia in the last round um to take a um to take a, a to, to take the win um so because we beat Hellas and Scotland 5-0 Wales needed to beat us 5-0 in order to qualify um so we won the first game of the round against Wales which meant that we they couldn't beat us basically at that point that there was no way that that they could progress they then went and won the the next four games with some really close matches and some really good games um which was um like crazy we kind of woke up and we're like what what's going on here um but we won by literally one um one game win um sadly this weekend just passed We've actually realised that as a result of aforementioned babies plus a number of other events happening on the weekend of the proposed date for the XTC finals, which is the kind of second weekend in December, that Team Ireland can't actually field a team on the Sunday. Uh, So we can put five people up on the Saturday, but we can't put people up on the Sunday. Uh, So we've had to basically withdraw and allow Wales to progress um, instead. Um, The only thing that would prevent that from happening at this point would be if the XTC organisers opt to change the date of the final, um, which is still a possibility because it hasn't actually been set yet. It's still pencil marked in. Um, But if that's the case, I have no idea when they're going to run it because basically everything between now and kind of March is kind of checkered with lack of availability from one team or another. So um, I think most teams have probably place themselves so that they can play at the beginning of december um we basically just weren't able to to um shuffle our it's basically children essentially um, (laughs) stop you from being able to have fun um so (laughs) that kind of adult fun i should say um (laughs) talking about adult fun again i should stop it um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's uh, swingers clubs and kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's un it's unfortunate, but um, ultimately, we know that you know we we played well enough to make the finals. And if XTC continues, which we hope it will, we'll be back again next year. Um, I think I'll be standing down as captain though because I just can't cope with the stress. So, um, hopefully, somebody else will step up and we'll have somebody to organize it all, but yeah. It's uh it was good but also sad at the same time so uh, we'll move on to the next groups anyway um so group A was um, which one was group A uh, group A was uh, New Zealand um, and Philippines and Germany were kind of in the hunt Germany had qualified there was a a world in which um, I think Philippines could qualify based on results but New Zealand um, managed the win. Um, against the philippines so new zealand have qualified along with germany so well done to them um, and well done to um andre who's um friend of the podcast and the captain of team new zealand who's um basically a long-term listener that we we chat to um online sometimes so um well done to them and uh looking forward to seeing them in the finals um then we get on to group c which was um oh, Oh, that was uh, that was you guys, wasn't it? Great. Uh, that was England. Group C. Yeah, yeah, that was England. Sorry, we've done that one. Um, so, Group D is the interesting one because Group D was the.
3: Um, is Group D America,
0: Poland, Mexico? Yeah, it is. Um, so this one basically came down to today, um, Mexico had done everything that they needed to do to qualify, as long as the USA and Poland didn't draw. So if the USA and Poland drew, then Mexico would go out and the USA and Poland would both go through. It came down to literally as we started recording, they were still playing. um, And it was two all to Poland and the USA. And both of them had said, we ain't we ain't drawing, because they could have just drew, drawn the last game. They could have said, we're going to draw, so we both go through. But both teams basically said, nope, we're playing it out. They did, and uh, USA won. So the last game, they decided the USA have clinched it. So that means that the USA and Mexico are going to go through to the finals and the Poland have gone out, which I would say is a bit of a surprise, but that group was an absolute shark tank, like top to bottom, front to back, all of the teams so it had the us islands with five very strong um players in it it had um serbia it had poland um it had mexico so um yeah it was it was crazy strong um and i think it had it had spain as well so you know it's just like spain have gone out which is you know they're a really strong team and they look, like really like in good position to to go through um and to actually be the third team threatening the USA and um and Poland um and it's like amazing for Mexico to kind of just come right through from basically nobody believing that they could do it to doing it so gg well done um and uh, bad luck to Poland um but you know we'll see you back again um and then the last one uh, was group E which we've talked about which is the pirates in France so um XTC group stages are over at point of recording, as far as we're aware, the next um, bit of XTC is going to be, as we said, the, the the weekend of the 9th and 10th or 8th and 9th of December, whatever that weekend is. Um, yeah, 9th and 10th of December, the Saturday Sunday. There'll be a fair bunch of streams, I would think, of different countries might be streaming their own games or stuff like that. but. I think one of the challenges is that a lot of the players are the people doing the streaming so we'll have to see how much we can actually get streamed i think
4: uh unfortunately ireland's loss is the community's gain and firecast focus
3: oh that's good
0: um that is good yeah and we have just pointed out that um nick can still play for wales um because he's welsh (laughs) so um if if they need a sub, he can he can we we can trade him. I don't know. I don't know what the going rate for a an xtc level X Wing player is. Um probably three point fifty in a bag of chips next time I see Dylan, something like that. Not not none of your Premier League's transfer fees here, but um yeah, if you want this um I think you can just give him some uh,
2: cat food for his his war <laughs> steed that he rides around element games.
1: War steed. <laughs> you mean on um. The the ginger cat that lives at Element.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, So, yeah, that's XTC anyway. Um, And we'll keep you appraised of what's going on in the finals or anything like that as well. Um, So looking good. Um, Right. Um, I'm much more cheerful about X-Wing this week, lads. Um, We don't need to talk about sadness and misery um, anymore. Um, I've started flying um good lists and getting okay results with them. I'm not allowed to fly Han against Liam because he makes little sad noises at me every time I try and load up a falcon. On I TTS. told you to do it. Yeah, only after you'd been really passive aggressive about what would happen if I did do it. So what did I say? I can't remember, but you made me feel bad. So I don't like making you feel sad. I think the
2: words you're gonna to have to bleep me here, Tim. Uh, the words were "fly anyway," and I'll still push you. Hey, hey!
0: In sideways.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to fly something worse, so I had an excuse for losing. That's it. Um, uh, both games, <laughs> <laughs> neither of which I flew ham. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, it's good to get back into like kind of a positive mind space about it. Like it's just, I think I just realised that you know I was just beating myself up about this that and the other thing i've got nothing competitive coming up at, in the short term so uh i'm just gonna um focus in on getting some reps in with some decent lists and i said make a choice in the next month about what i'm going to use um and then post christmas that'll just be mainlining it through um sith taker open and into um and into worlds so speaking of sith taker open uh ryan Coyle has sent me the finished pictures of the um well, some finished pictures of the trophy. I've not actually seen the whole thing um, as an entity. I, he keeps showing me like little angles from here, there, and the other way. So, um, but it's now got the logo and everything's stenciled on the side of it and some like cool wax seals It's, like got Ryan's uh, logos and stuff on them as well. So, um, and he's done some really, really nice shots of it with a whole bunch of nicely painted Republic lats and, and arcs and things flying around on it. So, uh, whoever wins that is going to be. Um, incredibly lucky to to own such a beautiful thing and while it's theoretically a tournament tray i don't think you would ever take it to hey, a tournament tur- and carry stuff around sure on it. like it's it's a it's a shelf piece if ever i've seen one it's a beautiful diorama yeah it's uh it's one of those things where you think if i don't win that i might still just take his information and uh and post it. <laughs> get 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 another one commissioned. So, Why don't you
2: just send him an invite to your swingers club?
3: <laughs>
0: uh, fair enough. Um, so, I'm gonna regret that I think for the rest of my life. But it's all good. Um, so, um. And if I was in any doubt whatsoever about what happened in XTC recently, literally Discord is just exploding with every single channel that's talking about XTC, with um, people posting um, America gifts from Team America World Police and, you know, people firing, I don't know, fireworks off their arms and eagles playing guitars and all sorts of things,
2: so... um, I mean, I've still got the flag from their XTC last year uh, where... I had all the stars replaced with maple leaves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Time to break that one back out again. Um, so, little, oh, Liam, I've just seen that Put that picture you have just you sent me a little bit ago. Do you want to have a quick chat about that with regards to meta stuff?
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. So bear with me while I find I... all the context that I've got someone else to explain it. But basically... The, Graphic shows the top sixty percent percentile plus comp- composition in the top fifty results. Or oh, no, sorry, it's in the top fifty uh, tournaments. So, for example, Han plus three or four, uh, excluding uh, Chopper Hera and the Gauntlet, has been flown hundred and sixty-nine times which is the most out of any other list that has been accumulated and has still won 67% of its games. So I posted this in the Snapshots chat when you said maybe Bistan's the problem. Uh, Although Bistan is a part of the problem, Han having the most games flown with him uh, along with... The most wins mm-hmm. clearly shows that that is a problem because obviously, the, the more games played with something, and obviously, you do see uh, an influx of players using strong lists and they'll still appear near the bottom of events. Yeah. So, with that common trend happening and still having a 67% win rate is quite alarming. And I think okay. it does highlight so, a problem.
0: Let's just expand out on this a little bit because there are three other lists in this group. So there's seven lists in total in the greater than sixty percent win rate um by composition and they are broad. So these are broad categories of lists like that's hand plus three or four ships So it's basically hand, look and something, you know, eight points of stuff. Um so it's it's been flown 169 times we've got a 67% win rate. Um the next most flown list is triple arcs Padme and then either two Z95s or Anakin, So that's a massive difference in what those lists are, those lists function. Um, And they've been banded together to give a 62% win rate, but 99 people have flown them. So less people have flown them, but only 62%. Now, there are three lists that have got a 66% win uh, win rate, but they've been flown a lot less. In fact, less combined than the Han list, but they've got a 66% win rate. Those are 5-ship resistance with Zori, not including Kaz, uh, which is a very specific, apparently, um, snipe uh, Ryan Staniszewski from Gold Squadron, who's been telling everybody that they're idiots if they don't use Kaz. Um, So, 5-ship resistance with Zori, 66% win rate on uh, 79 uses. Vader plus 3 bombers plus something, 66% win rate on 56 uses. And then Five Ship Rebels, not including Han, at a 66% win rate, but with only 25 uses. And I suspect that three of those wins and one of those losses was me at Element Games. Um, Because I think we fall into the bracket of where this came from. Um, The other two lists that are above 60% win rate are Rack plus three bombers plus one. Um, at 62% but only 24 instances of it being used and then a five ship scum which is either fen plus four or manaroo plus four at a 62% win rate but only 21 instances of it being flown so in terms of the percentile win rate there are other lists that are on a par with Han but the number of instances as you said at the start were Han is being used to drive that 67% win rate with 169 instances of, of, of him turning up versus the other ones. Um that could be one good player using a list somewhere and smashing up with it, where that Han is kind of a little bit more insightful. Um interesting stuff though, the 50 to 60% win rate um has only six um archetypes in it. So you've got the YLO plus four, so the the top First order list, 53% win rate. Resistance Falcon, plus three or four ships at 56%. Um, actually, five T 70s, 56%. Um, the double fire spray, Dirge, 54%. Chadlow, which is the silencer, um, Kylo, plus four ships at 51%. And Vader, plus two bombers, plus two other ships um, at 55%. So, again, kind of those things that you'd see in and around the top cut at tournaments, and might occasionally win, but you'd not expect to see them there. Um, And then kind of the uh, below 50% plus composition, but in the top 50 count was um, Vader plus the Battle of Yavin ties plus another two ships at 44, Uh, Whisper Kylo plus a Whisper plus three, so not five ship with just Kylo, but no second Basically, this is the list with Wrath in it. Um, Rack 3 Bombers, Jonas, Han, Hera, plus two, 3T70, Zorian, Kaz, um, all kind of between 40 and 50% win rate. So, But, I mean, some of these are down to, like, literally 11 people have, or 11 instances of it being used, and it's got a 45% win rate. So, I mean, what interests me is that these kind of numbers are the kind of stats, in inverted commas, that we see about other games. So, like, we see this kind of thing being actually used to drive balance changes in like 40K and Blood Bowl. Like, you know, if you're going to go to a big international tournament for 40K, you look at the global win rate of a given faction or a given meta, and it's like, you know, Blood Angels are at 48.9%. Don't use them, use Eldar. They're at 50.8%, which means that you're more likely to win games if you take that. And if they get something that's over 55% win rate, it's like, oh, busted, quick, pull the emergency lever and let's just kill everything. Um, So, yeah. I I mean, when you read through this list, other than the hand thing, did, did any of this kind of surprise you? Like, obviously not the very top stuff, Liam, but like the stuff that's a little bit further down, did anything on there like make you go, oh, yeah, I suppose that's probably good, or...
2: Uh, The Zam Django Dirge, to be fair, uh, that was surprising to see it as high up as it was. But obviously in the last three months, it does only have 31 instances of it being played. Uh, It was weird seeing uh, the two whispers plus three down in the uh, below 50% win bracket. Uh, But again, there's only 13 instances of it being played there. Uh, it's nice to see the five ships come up there to be honest but again only 21 instances the biggest surprise with this entire thing is that we jump from 169 to 99 uh, in counts of lists being played so Han has been played 70 times more than the second list on there which is insane
0: yeah I think I think it shows that like if these are the points we're going to have at Worlds, there's a handy-dandy list here of seven archetypes that you need to prepare for. Um, if Whatever you're bringing, whether you're bringing one of them or whether you're bringing something different, um, you need to prepare to face those seven lists. You need to know what your matchup is into those seven lists. You know what your approach is into those seven lists. Like, So you're not sitting looking at rack plus three bombers plus one and saying, how do I engage this? I don't know what to do. Or you're not looking at triple arcs plus Padme and and Anakin across the board and thinking, how do I engage this? I don't know what to do. You know, you're going to a tournament, particularly something like Worlds. These are just going to be prevalent. They're going to be everywhere. You're also going to see people flying gauntlets and all sort of weird stuff, you know, because there always is at Worlds. There's, you know, crazy things will turn up. But, you know, the vast majority of the vast number of games that you're going to play are going to be into one of these seven lists. Which, you know, that's just what happens when a meta settles. We've not had points changes now for, what, nine months? (laughs) Because we were worried about points changes in the run-up to the last Estaker Open, maybe? Yeah, so been about eight, nine months since points changes. Um, And we're not going to get them, I don't think, between now and Worlds, now being the 20th of November. So I'd be very Which surprised. Is, it is disappointing. I mean, it is what it is. Like, um, I'm not going to get back into the 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 Maudlin cycle. Um, there's there's clearly nothing happening in AMG at the minute. Um, so we're making the best of it um, of what we've got. And um, um, you know, find something that you enjoy flying that's good. If you're going to go to tournaments, or find something that you enjoy flying, whether it's good or not. If you're just going for a laugh um that's what i intend to do um having a lot of fun with actually handless five ship rebels to me that's more interesting to fly than hand but um, that's what you used against me on yeah yeah um and just i maybe need to stop flying against people who are quite so good and and occasionally flying against people that are worse than me sometimes um just so that i can get a bit are of a you confidence boosted on that bad I'll just play you if I need to then. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the easy setup there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, yeah. So that I mean that's it's a it's an interesting thing. I had seen it, but I'd forgotten that it existed. So thanks for flagging it up. Um, it is. Um, it's interesting to see It kind of some of the numbers, like as you said, you know, like some of the stuff. You look at it and you go. In the last however many games this is based across, um, this is in the, the, the top 50 lists in terms of archetypes, you've got 11 instances of people flying Han and Hera and then two other ships. But I know that Ollie and Louie have been flying Han, Hera, Bodica, Fen, maybe? Like a, a crazy four-ship high-initiative thing. Um, and doing well with it, and making cuts with it, so that forty-five percent win rate could be, you know, there is eleven games played here. That means that there has been six wins and one loss, uh, six sorry, six wins and five losses. Um, that's a forty-five percent win rate rate across eleven, so that doesn't tell you a lot. Um, yeah, but the sixty-seven percent win win rate across one hundred and sixty-nine games does tell you something. As does the sixty-two percent win rate across ninety-nine games for for Triple Arts and Padme. Um, you know, there's you need to look at numbers like this with a lot of kind of uh what's the word? Um cynicism. Like you need to yeah. actually not just go, Oh, I'm sixty two percent likely to win a game if I use five ships scum. Um, yeah, not necessarily the case. Um I think if I was to
2: present this data myself i'd probably exclude any archetype that's been flown uh on less than 40 instances it's just so you know you've got a a decent sized bulk of information to uh to present because obviously like uh there's one one list on there that's although it's only 145 percent it's been flown 11 times which isn't nearly enough reps to get a consistent
0: data from yeah so if we exclude anything that's under 40 reps, that leaves us with Han plus three or four, Triple Ox and Padme, five ship resistance with Zori, Vader plus three bombers plus something. Um, and those are the four that have got a greater than 60% win rate. And then you've also got Resistance Falcon plus three or four, Whisper Kylo plus four, Not Wrath, and five T70s. And that's it. That's your meta.
2: Yeah. And I think so, that's quite a quite a good representation of what we're seeing do well in events at the moment.
0: Yeah, got to love data. Got to love it. Can't argue with data. I mean, you can, but, you know, it's probably going to be correct and you'll end up being wrong. But,
2: but this is also my favourite thing because when people tell me Han isn't busted and Han is fine where he is, I now have this information to yeah. now tell them they're wrong and double down on why I'm right.
0: I mean... Just looking at this, it could be Scum Han, this list. We just don't know about it.
2: No. <laughs> Hera isn't in Scum. In and they've specifically said. It says extreme. excluding Hera.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't include it, Hera. It's locked us into the faction. We know this. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping it up there. Ben, have you got anything else you wanted to talk about? Nope.
1: Cool. How's your new house? Are you in it yet? I'm sat here right now, but I've just got to decorate the living room and then we're moving in. Oh, fantastic. So you're you're round there by yourself while everybody else is still at your mum's? Yeah. Well, we've got like, so we've sort of unpacked half the stuff here, so we've got half of my, my clothes are here. <laughs> um, so I have to come over and get changed. And things like that. Fantastic, you'll be like that Surprise,
0: you're going to go back to the other house one day And your key won't work And she'll just be waving at you out the window
1: Going, what? (laughs) I bought you your own space It's over there, go and live in it (laughs) I'm trying to rush through the front uh, the living room Because we're going to um, Disneyland over the weekend I really want to get it close to being done So I can Mm. get a carpet in and so
0: that you can bring back all your tat from Disney
1: World and put it in there. Yeah. Speaking of tat, actually, I was thinking the other day. What's your um? It was after messaging you on your birthday and saying getting some sort of random Star Wars. Thing. I wondered what your um favorite sort of not like ship based present from Star Wars is, because I always like um uh, like Father's Day shirts that, with Vader on it saying like "Galaxy's Best Dad" because they always make me laugh. I've got one of them. Yeah, they um, always make me laugh because he's an awful dad. It just make me <laughs> laugh that people who buy me you don't have a clue. <laughs> um, I just, I get bought so much Star Wars Lego
0: by my wife and kids. It's probably that stuff. stuff. I mean, I'm talking random things. Oh, um, I got a, um, a glowing, like an LED lamp, but with like a Death Star. <laughs> like a Perspex Death Star that kind of slots into it and glows when you switch it on. Um, I got that recently. I got that for my birthday, um, but I do have a Father's Day present that's like four little Lego characters that says, "Dad, you are as wise as Yoda, as wild as Han Solo, not true, um, <laughs> as loving as Chewbacca, and as clever as R2D2." Uh, so I got that from Freddie and Tilly, and that's right above my monitor. So um, that's probably the favorite thing that I've got that's not just a random Star Wars bit of um, crap, but um, Something yeah. Wild. Save a chopstick somewhere. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I've got all sorts of crap rattling about this. I literally said to my wife, um, and I thought about doing it for um, the uh, the wooden spoon prize for the Sith Taker Open. I said, literally any old crap with a Star <laughs> Wars logo on it, and I'd be happy. And she was <laughs> like, she just said, should I get you a 3D printed poo emoji with a Star Wars logo
1: on the back of it? I was like, honestly? You'd probably like it. Any old crap with a Star Wars logo on it, oh, it might work. <laughs> so, I still
2: prefer the wooden spoons we've been giving out the last two years, not going to lie. I think we yeah.
1: might get another one of them. I if mean, they are they are incredibly are harsh. I'm really looking forward to giving that out. I'm going to try
0: and win it, actually. That's going to be my, my aim. I don't can- think you need to try. <laughs> i gone in for the wooden spoon. <laughs> Were you going to ask something there, Ben?
1: That you're actually playing because you can't make your mind up?
0: No, I am. I'm playing. I need to. If I'm going to Adepticon to play at Worlds, I need to play the Sith Taker Open beforehand. I really do. I mean, it is one of the biggest events
2: in X-Wing. I think it's the second biggest event after
3: Worlds. I uh, think Worlds is the only one bigger. Every minute.
0: And and you're listening to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I won't be in the room to just run over and shove you out a window and take over if necessary, so it's
1: all fine. You've seen Elements' windows. You ain't getting me out the window, though.
0: No, they're too high up. You're right, I can't
2: <laughs> up. boarded oh, up more than
1: anything. <laughs> uh,
2: that won't stop me throwing you out, Ben. Oh, yes, you shit wild. No, you can't reach I'm, down that. I'm really, low, really fat. <laughs> I mean, Ben, I will just pick you up and throw myself through the window. Oh, it's called we? Two Birds, One Stone.
1: At least we can go out hugging. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: fair. Okay, I can I can feel Tim going, come on then. Get it done. <laughs> Tim can come too, it's okay. <laughs> right, so um, shout-outs then, I guess. Uh, Liam, have you any shout-outs you want to do? Uh, I'm just going to give a quick shout-out to Gareth Southgate
2: for presenting an England team that plays the most boring football and poor, but also having a very nice duffel coat. Uh, I'm going to shout out Rich for just playing some pickup games with me so I can play some stupid stuff that I haven't used in a long time and it's fun. Uh, And obviously, shout out to Connor for the successful sexing of his wife. (laughs) Hopefully that wasn't done at a swingers club. (laughs)
0: At least thirty seconds of effort nine months ago and he gets half the credit for making a baby. <laughs>
3: that
0: poor woman. <laughs> ben of you anything. Uh, just all the guys who come down on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um Team Ireland X Wing and uh, also Team Wales X Wing, who we're now behind because uh, we're gonna be um we're gonna be vicariously living X Wing uh XTC through them. So Um, Yeah, everybody in Team Ireland, and again, Connor and Kate for um, for little baby Jamie. Well done. Um, And uh, I think on that note, I'll say goodbye from Ben. Bye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. And goodbye from me. Bye bye.